are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. This is Soul to Soul back on your radio. Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Parashas Nosrei Tov, Shin Pei Gimel. And a very warm welcome to all of our radio family. Thank you so much for taking the time on what is actually the shortest Erev Shabbos of the year to be inspired, to learn together, to hopefully have something that you can take with you to your Shabbos table and spread and inspire your family, friends, and guests with. But while Hashem, we've gone through Chag I hope yours was an incredibly inspiring, uplifting, and that you survived the uh, the sort of the uh, duress of, of perhaps staying up later than usual to learn some Torah, to involve oneself, to jump into the sea of Torah, into the sea of Ruchnius, as if you were standing at our Sinai and once again getting ready, preparing ourselves to accept the Torah, to, to ready ourselves, to really make an effort, to make more of an effort this year than ever before, to really try that this year should be the best you have ever had of, of, of learning Torah. But we have a Parsha to discuss this week. And of course, the, the, at the end of the Parsha, we talk about the Korbanas Hanasim, the dedication of the Mishkan, which was accompanied by special sacrifices brought by each of the Nasim, each of the princes of the Shvatim. And one of the things they brought was, the Karbanoi Karas Kesafachas. His offering was one silver bowl. And we know the twelve Nasim brought identical offerings. Yet the Torah details each Nasi's carbon. And that's because each arrived at his formulation independently. And each had a different set of, of symbolisms for his choice of components. In other words, on the surface, they appeared identical. And in reality, they all brought the same offerings. However, the underlying motive and symbolism differed from one Nasi to another. Each Nasi's kavana, his intention for his carbon, differed from that of his peers. Harav Shimshin Pinkas Datsal derives from here an important lesson concerning one's Avedis HaKadosh, one's service to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. People live within an established kind of framework. Those within this configuration go through the day carrying out their various tasks meticulously and consistently. If one were to do his own thing, he would essentially be leaving the framework and and sort of branching out on his own. Such a person is acting differently than the others. The diversity that results on this move finds two people or groups distinct from one another and hence separated. One group becomes now two groups. The Nisim teach us the meaning of individuality, whereby a member of a group, while remaining within the uniform and framework of the group, does what everyone else does, but with his own individual twist. Most people work best within the framework of a group. Everyone is basically doing the same thing. They are uniform in focus and action. For instance, let's say, in a yeshiva, all the bachram have the same required siddharam, the same study sessions, and the same material, the same, they're learning the same gemara, right? Meals are in a timely fashion, right? The first following first seder, the, the dinner after second seder, followed by the night seder and mayrif. Right? Very few variations occur, which is beneficial for most students. Right? The downside is when a person adheres to a sort of a, a, a miscarriage, a, a uniform framework, 
It allows for very little individual growth. It's obvious that a person must do his own thing and forge his own personal derech, his own approach towards achieving godless, right, distinction and, and success. He achieves that by learning outside of the framework, sort of maybe ben astorim, maybe after myriv, right, before before shachris, right. Of the twelve nesiim, each one brought the identical offering, but that is where the uniformity ended. Each one was an individual who brought his own individual carbon, replete with his own unique in intentions. This is 101.9. Chai FM, the program is Soul to Soul. We'll be back in a moment with so much more. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM, this is Soul to Soul, back <coughs> on your radio. Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Parshas Nasai. Baruch Hashem, we went through the Chag of Shavuos. I hope you had a beautiful, beautiful, uh, exalted and inspiring Chag of Shavuos with lots and lots of Torah, lots of inspiration, lots of undertakings for the future. And of course, also a little bit of cheesecake. Nothing wrong with that as long as it's only a little, a little bit. There's a lot in this week's Parsha. All about the nausea all about the Saita. But then after that, there's a sort of a five Pasuk Pasha that is so fundamental and so much part of our lives that it bears, bears discussion. Hashem spoke to Moshe saying, speak to Aaron and to his son saying, so you shall bless the B'nai Yisrael say to them as follows, Hashem Yishmurecha. Atara Kreshbochu bless you, Yishmurecha, and protect you. Yoyer Hashem Ponovelecha Vichunecha. May Akadishbochu shine his countenance upon you and find favor with you. And the third pasuk, Yisa Hashem Ponovelecha, the Yosem Lechoshalam. May Hashem lift his countenance towards you and bring you peace. And in the final passage, the Samu es Shemi al Bnei Yisrael, they will place my name on Bnei Yisrael, the Ani Avarachem, and I will, will bless them. Now, the importance of Brechus Kainim is, is evident from Chazal's institution to recite these Brechus, these uh, Psukim, every morning immediately after saying Birchas And this teaches us that it's essential <coughs> to study Torah immediately after reciting Birchas without any interruption. Therefore, immediately after reciting the bracha, which are related to Torah study, so that immediately Chazal instituted saying these Pesukim from Teresh and then a Mishnah from Teresh which is the first Mishnah of Mesechus, Peya Elu Dvarim She'en Lahem Shir. These are the things for which there's no prescribed measure. Now, clearly, Chazal chose these, this specific Mishnah because it emphasizes the tremendous merit of studying Torah, as we said, as it says at the end of that Mishnah, the Talmud Torah Kinegin Kulam. The study of Torah is equal to them all. Right? What, however, was the rationale for choosing these Pesukim of Berchas Kainim specifically to represent the Torah Shavik Why is it specifically these Pesukim that we say immediately after completing the Berchas Torah? Now, evidently, these Pesukim obviously have a special significance related to the entire Torah. Now, so let's begin to shed a little bit of light on, on the subject by introducing a teaching from the Siddur of Rav Amram Gon. He explains 
why Chazal chose to learn the mitzvah of Birches Koinim immediately after reciting the brachas of the Torah? As we know, Torah Shabbat Per is comprised of 60 mesechtas. Right? There's 60 mesechtas in the Mishnais. Right? This is taught in the Medish Rabbah, related to the Pasuk in Shira Shirim, which says, Shishim Hema Malachos, Eila Shishim Sechlesotara. It says, there are 60 queens, and it says, these are the 60 Mesechtas of, of, of Halachas. Now, Birchas Kayanim is comprised, if you want to count it, of 60 letters corresponding to the 60 Mesechtas that comprise Teira Shabbat This teaches us that a person who studies the 60 Mesechtas of, of, of Shas merits the brachas conveyed by the 60 letters of Brachas Kainim. Therefore, Chazal instituted learning this mitzvah immediately after reciting the brachas of Torah study. Right? So let's then try to perhaps elaborate a little bit on, on the words of, of Rabbanon. And perhaps we can explain the connection between the 60 Mesechtas and the 60 letters in Birchus Kainim based on HaKadosh Baruch Hu's designation of Aaron HaKoyin and his sons as the ones who are going to bench Kaiso, as called the agents, so to speak, to bless, to bless Kaiso. And let's refer to the Medrash on this, on this week's parasha, but in, in, in Medrash Rabbah, uh, Perik Yud Aleph, Pasuk, seven. It says, it says there, in, in the Medrash Rabbah, it says, Rabbi Shimon ben Chalaf said, Shalom is exceptional, for it is the only vessel capable of retaining bracha. As it says, in, in, in Tehillim, Hashem yevorech es amoy bashalom. Hashem will bless his nation with, with shalom. So too, with birchas koinim. After all of the other brachas of Birchas Kainim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu concluded them all with the Yosem Lacha Shalom. He will bring you Shalom, peace. To teach that the brachas only serve a purpose if they are accompanied by, by Shalom. And to explain it means as follows. Shalom is the only vessel capable of receiving and preserving bracha. Hence, all of the brachas are worthless and meaningless without shalom. It's, it's comparable to sort of drawing water from a well with a bucket full of holes and cracks. Whatever water is drawn from the well will spill out onto the ground. Therefore, Kaddish Baruch Hu concluded Birchas Kainim with the bracha of the Yosem Lecha Shalom, and he will bring you peace. This is consistent with the principle we have in the Gemara in Brachas, that Hakol Holech Achar Hachisum. Everything follows the conclusion of the bracha. So, if Shalom prevails amongst Kaiso, then they possess the vessel necessary to retain all of the other brachas contained in, in, in Birchus, in Birchus Kain. Now, we learn a very, very important principle in, in the Gemara in Bob on, on Daf Kuf Zayin. It says there, and it's a very, very, sometimes hard principle for us to, to absorb, but it says, Kishaitatzmacha, first, correct yourself, Viachakach, Kishaitacherim. And only afterwards correct others. In other words, to confer the bracha of shalom on others, so one have first perfected their midah of shalom in oneself. When Aaron passed away, the Torah says about him, it says in, in Pashas Chukas, Vayiru kola edo ki gova Aaron, when the entire nation saw 
that Aaron had uh, passed away. By Yifku as Aaron Shloishim Yom Kol Beisishol. And they wept for Aaron for 30 days, the entire house of Yishol. And Rashi comments, everyone grieved over Aaron's death, both the men and the women. Why? Since he was the ultimate peacemaker. Yeah? He promoted Shalom and, and amity amongst people who are fighting, including husbands and wives. Along these lines, we learn in, in the Mishnah, in Perkyavis, it says, uh, a person has to be very careful, one should be like the students of, of Aaron. I have shalom, love, peace, right, if shalom, chase after peace, I have a love all people, umekorvan la and as much as possible, bring them close to Torah. In other words, Aaron epitomized the Mida of shalom. It was his sort of, his trademark. We'll be back in a moment to discuss much more about this topic, about the relevance of Brechus Kainim and Torah, but we're going to be back in one moment. This is 11.9 Chai FM. The program is soul to soul. Please don't run away. Please stay with us. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM. This is soul to soul. Back on your radio. Erev Shabbos Kedish Pashas. Nasa, just one short week after Chagashvus. We are talking about the special mitzvah of Birchas Kainim and its relevance, why we say it specifically right after the Birchas Hatayra in the morning. What was the import? What were Chazal teaching us when it brought those particular Pesukim as an example of the written Torah right after the Brachas of Birchas Hatayra? Because we have to learn Torah right away. But why were these Pesukim particularly spoken? And of course, we are talking here now about Aaron who was the epitome of peace, because we're talking about uh, the very final of all the brachas of Berchas Kainim is the Yosem Shalom, and how Aaron uh, Akain uh, epitomized peace. In fact, the Avastram Nasan talks about the fact that when two people were quarreling with one another, Aaron would go and sit next to one of them. He would say to him, "My son." Look at the anguish your friend is experiencing. His heart is torn asunder and he is tearing at his his clothes. He is saying, oh, how can I face my old friend? I'm so ashamed. I betrayed his trust. Aaron would then sit with him until his rage subsided. Then Aaron would go to the other one. And you would say to him, my son, look at the anguish your friend is experiencing. His heart is torn asunder and he is tearing at his clothes. He is saying, how can I face my old friend? I am so ashamed. I betrayed his trust. Thus, Aaron would sit with him until his rage subsided. Consequently, when these two saw each other, they would embrace and kiss one another. That's the implication of the Pasuk, by Yifku al Aaron Shloishim Yom Kol Beis Yisrael. Everyone cried for the death of Aaron because Aaron had made such an impact in everybody's, in everybody's life. No one else epitomized the Midah of Shalom as did Aaron HaKoyen, who is l- labeled as and, and praised as Oyev Shalom of Shalom, lover of Shalom and the, the, uh, the, the, this pursuer of peace. Therefore, he was the best suited to bestow upon Kaisa the Birchas Kainim, which concludes with a bracha of Shalom. This explains so beautifully why all three of the brachas of Birchas Kainim use the name of Hashem, the Yud, Okay, Vavke, right? We say, Yivurecho Hashem V'yishmerecha, and Yor Hashem Panevelecha, and Yisra Hashem Panevelecha. For we learn in the Gemara, the Gemara in Shabbos says, that one of the names of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Shalom. As it says in, in Shoftim, Vayikroloi Hashem Shalom. He called him Hashem Shalom, the God of, of, uh, of peace. So now, let's try to explain the connection 
of the of the name Yudkei Vavki Hashem's name with the Midah of Shalom, based on a teaching in the uh, in the Tikkuni Hazar, and we learn there that the name Yudkei Vavki, which is the four letter right ineffable name of Akharish Baruch Hu, is derived from the first letters of the pasuk of Tehillim at Tzadivov, which says Yismachu Hashomayim. That's Yud. Is Yismuchu and Hashemayim Hey. Visagel is the Vav. Haaretz is the Hey. Right? The heavens will be glad and the earth will rejoice. This pasuk indicates that Hashem establishes Shalom between the inhabitants up above in, in Shemayim and the inhabitants down here on, on earth. Along these lines, we have learnt in the Gemara, this Gemara in, in, in Brachas, that, that says that after davening, Rav Safra would say the following. May be your will, Hashem. Hashem Our God, that you establish peace in the heavenly assembly. Right? Make peace in the heavenly assembly. And also the assembly below. In other words, the, the conclusion of Berchus Kainim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu declares, they will place my name on B'nai Israel, and I will bless them. As a result of their uttering my name of Shalom, I will bestow that bracha of Shalom upon, upon the, the people. Now, let's actually look for a moment at the sort of the formula of the bracha recited by the Kainim before they even bless Kaisa. The formula is mentioned in the Gmarjman Saita Lamites and of course is the is the very basis for the the halacha that was both brought, brought both by the Tur and the, the Shulchanarach that, that says that uh, they have to make the following bracha. Right? Who has sanctified us with his mitzvahs. Who sanctified us with the kedusha of Aaron. Right? And commanded us to bless his nation. Ahava, with Ava, with love. Now, it says explicitly that the Kedusha of the Kainim is attributable entirely to the fact that they are the offspring of Aaron HaKain. And this is so true of their designation to recite the Berchas Kainim as Moshe instructed explicitly, Emoral Aaron Vel of Lema, say to Aaron, and his sons sang. So we see that kind of, but where do we find that they were commanded to bless Yisrael with Ava? Where do we see that? That's what we, we see it in the bracha. But where in the psukum does it say that it had to be with Ava? So perhaps we can say that when we have that, when we say the formula, that you sanctified us with the Kedusha of Aaron. So that is instructing us that we have to emulate Aaron. We have to be Oyev Shalom, the Roydev Shalom, love peace and promote peace. Oyev Esabrius, love your fellow man, Umakarvan the Torah, and bring them close to Torah. For it was in the merit of this outstanding quality that Aaron was awarded the privilege and the honor of this mitzvah to bless Klal Yisrael and, and bring the Shekhinah and the Shalom upon Klal Yisrael. Similarly, since his children, who were also Kainim, were sanctified with his Kedusha, and, uh, and, and were kind of indoctrinated to emulate him. They also recite the words, right? That Sivanu, and he commanded us, to bless his nation, with Abba. It's, it's, it's kind of their task to indoctrinate 
all of Kleiso to emulate the ways of Aaron, to love peace, to promote peace. Therefore, Birchas Kainim concludes with the words, the Yosem Lecha Shalom, and he will bring you your peace. And this explains so beautifully that which is brought down in Alocha, in, in, in the Shulchan Aruch Harav, and also in, in, in the, uh, in the Mishnah Burun, in Kufchav Ches, and it's based on a teaching of, of the Zayra Kaddish, where it's, it says that if a Kayin, right, despises anyone in the public, or the people, someone in the public despises him, so it's dangerous for that Kayin to bless the people, to spread his hands and bless the people. Why? Therefore, he should rather leave the basic nessus. For this reason, they instituted the formula, to bless his nation, with love. In other words, in other words, we've got a woe to the Kayin, whose hateful thoughts, like, contradict the intent of the brachas of, uh, of, uh, of Yosem Lecho Shalom. If he is, if he's not thinking that, then he cannot be, be, uh, uh, be someone who's involved in Duchen. Now, to go further, we can now sort of clarify the, the statement of Rav Amram Gon. He said that our Chazal chose to learn the mitzvah of Birchas Kainim immediately after reciting the brachas for, for Torah because it is in the merit of studying Torah and the 60 mesechtas that are sort of make up the Torah that, that merit the brachas bestowed by the, by the Kainim, right, which are comprised of the 60 letters of Birchas Kainim. So it's, it's obvious that it's impossible to attain Torah knowledge and insights without the Mida of Shalom. In fact, it says in, in Mishlei, famous passage, Her ways are the ways of pleasantness, and all of her paths are, are Shalom. For this reason, HaKadosh Baruch only gave Yisrael the Torah at Matan Torah after they united as one Person with one with one heart, right? In fact, the Medrash the Medrash says that God Lashalom, great is peace. For with regard to all of the journeys, all the, the forty years that the Jews journeyed in the desert, it's written by Yesu Ayahu. They journeyed and they camped, both in the plural. They they journeyed with dissension. And they camped, unfortunately, also in the plural, they camped with, with dissension. But when they all arrived at Hasinai, they all became a single encampment, right? And that's indicated by that which is written by Yichan Shom Yisrael. Yisrael camped in the singular negative by the mountain. But Yisrael camped in the plural is not written here, but rather Yisrael camped in the singular there. Rashi describes the phenomenon with the metaphor as one man with one with one heart. So perhaps along these lines we find another medrash, a medrash in, in Bamidbar, where it says, Great is Shalom, for it was given to those who love the Torah. As it says, Pasuk in Tehillim Kuf Yud to give Kufyud the test, Shalom Ravli this great abundant peace for those who love your Torah. Now it's great is Shalom, for it was given to those who study the Torah. As it says Pasuk in, in Yeshaya, the Hashem, all your children will be students of Hashem, the Rav Shalom Banayach, and your children's shalom will be Abundant. So what's the message over here? The message that Shalom is a prerequisite for attaining the Torah is also conveyed by a Gemara, a Gemara in, in Yavamas, Daf Yudalit, Amud Beis, which says, even though Beishamai and Beisilo, 
argued, Beishamai did not refrain from marrying women of Beishilah, nor did Beishilah refrain from, membering, from uh, marrying members of, of Beishamai. This serves to teach you that they treated each other with affection and kinship in fulfillment of that which is stated Apostle in, in Zechariah, love, truth, and, and shalom. So with this in mind, we can explain the, the elucidation in the Gemara, in Gemara Kedushin Daf Lamed, related to the Apostle, the Apostle Ketilim in Kuf Chav Zayin, says, Lo yevoishu ki yedabruis oivim bashar. They won't be embarrassed when they speak to their enemies at the gate. What does it mean? It's oivim bashar. Who are these enemies at, at the gate? So says the Gemara there, Omar Avchia, Ba'aba Avchia, Ba'aba says, that says, even a father and his son, right, uh, uh, who are learning Torah, or Rav and his students who are engaged in Torah study at the same sort of gate, in other words, in the same place of study. So they become each other's enemies. They become adversaries. And they do not vacate their positions until they make loving, loving peace with one another. In other words, that when, if you ever walk into a, a base medish during Seder, is yelling and screaming and everyone's trying to establish their point and make their argument and knock down the ones. It's, it's huge. It's a war going on there. But at the end, when they have clarity, they all become love. They love each other. As we've learned, Torah cannot be attained or retained without Shalom. Therefore, if those engaged in Torah study do not make peace with one another, and love one another, they cannot divine the true meaning of, of, of the Torah. This explains magnificently the choice of Rabbeinu HaKadosh to conclude the six, Shisha Sikha Mishnah, the six orders of the Mishnah with the Bracha of Shalom. The very last Mishnah in Oksen, Perik, Gimel, Pasuk Yudbeis is, Never found any vessel that could hold peace, uh, that could hold bracha for Christ. Ella, ella and he said, God's apostle, Hashem oiz the Amayite, Hashem gave his nation strength, Hashem yavorech es Amay, es Amay ba'ashalom. Right? Gives them peace. And, and Tosis Yomtev, explains the rationale of Rabbein HaKadosh for concluding the Mishnayis with this passage. And he says as follows. He says, He wanted to appease and arouse the hearts. For although the Mishnayis are replete with controversy, the disputes between the Chachonim, right, and a, 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 a rash heart might think that their disputes stemmed from conflict and a lack of harmony. Rabbi Yudanas is teaching us that this was not the case. The Torah is a mighty vessel filled with Hashem's bracha, which is shalom. There is not a single iota of conflict or lack of harmony. As, in fact, the statement says in Kedushan, again in Daflamid, regarding the Pasuk, Pasuk in Kufchav Zayin, which says, right, uh, when they speak with their enemies, they appear to be enemies, but they ultimately become devoted friends. This certainly holds true for those who study Torah, Lishma, not to be haughty or to show off in front, in front of, of, uh, of others. So now we can appreciate why Achazal chose to learn the Pesukim of Birchas Kainim immediately after reciting Birchas Hatayra. After all, the two are intimately related in the merit of the Brocha of Shalom, which is delivered by the descendants of Aaron, right? The lover and promoter of Shalom, we are able to attain and comprehend the Torah whose ways 
are, are pleasant and all of her paths are, are shalom. That is the message of, of the Pasuk in, in, in Mishlei that the lips of the Koyen should safeguard knowledge and people will seek teaching from his mouth for he is an agent of Hashem, right? the master of, of legions. So now we have the tremendous, tremendous uh, 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 privilege to add one more little tidbit to the words of Rav Amram Gun. Let's refer to that Mishnah. The Mishnah says, There was no greater day as festive as Tishbav. The Ayah of Yisrael, the great Abdurov, explains the, the illusion inherent in the statement based on what we learn later in, in, in the Gemara. The Gemara says that in the future, HaKadosh Baruch is going to make a circle of the tzaddikim, and he's going to sit amongst them in Gan Eden, and each and every one will point his finger, as it says, he shall say on that day, behold, this is our God, and we hope to him, and he saved us, this is Hashem, in whom we hoped, let us exult, and, and be glad in his, in his salvation. So, in his own incredible way, he explains the nature of the circle that HaKadosh will make for the tzaddikim based on the principle that every tzaddik serves Hashem in his own distinct way. Although each one's way seems different and divergent from the others, in truth, they are all valid and true. Eiluv, Eilu. For every individual has a unique purpose and role to play in Olam Hazer. Therefore, in a circle, all the participants are equal. They are all equally distant from the center and they are all on the same, on the same level. And it's precisely for this reason that HaKadosh Baruch will make a circle for the tzaddikim lasid lovei. Thus, he will demonstrate that they are all equal in his eyes, that they're all intended to serve Hashem devotely, right? The shame shamayim, each in his own way. Therefore, he will sit amongst them in the center of the circle and they will all point towards him with their fingers, indicating that all of their actions were for the sake of serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He was their focus and is the center of, of, the, of, of the circle. He says the illusion, when we say there was no day like the 15th Avav, he's referring to the 15th letter of the Hebrew alphabet, which is the Samach, this, this circle. And that's, that's the concept. There's unity or the 60 letters of the Torah, and the 60 sectors of the Torah, and the 60 letters of Berkos Koinim, relate to the unity that has to exist in Klaishal in order for us to learn Torah. This is 101.9, Chai FM, the program of Soul to Soul. We'll be back in a moment with our Hilchos Shabbos. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 FM, this is Soul to Soul, back on your radio, Adam Shabbos Kedish, Pasha's Nosai, Tuf, Shin, Pei, Gimel, barely a week after Chagash Force, we're so glad to have you in our company, we're so glad to be able to share a bit of time together as we approach what is going to, as we're going to see just now, is the shortest Friday of the year, but don't let that phase you. Don't let that cause you to see red. We can do it. We've done it every other week. We'll manage this week and we'll get there calmly in a, in a, in a sort of organized uh, fashion without losing our hair, without sort of getting all upset at everybody. Let's just work it out. Let's get those last few things done and let's make Shabbos a reality and a beauty in our homes. As we always do at this time, let us just Talk about the important times and information one needs to know for this coming Shabbos. So this Shabbos, Pashas Nosai, the earliest time for benching Licht is at 4.17. 4.17 is the earliest time you can get your Shabbos candles on. That's barely an hour and a half from from now. And it's doable. Let's last few things, get the food out, get us, get ourselves bathed and get the house ready and we're good to go. And we can sort of uh, welcome the beautiful, beautiful, beautiful ambiance, the beautiful 
atmosphere of Shabbos into our home ASAP. Boy, do we need it. Boy, do we need the calmness. Boy, do we need the relaxation. Boy, do we need the ability to turn off from all the craziness of the world outside and just sort of settle into our beautiful little cocoon of Shabbos, of Kedusha, of relationship with our Kodesh Baruch Hu, of being the kind of people we really want to be and we know we can and should be. So the earliest time is 417. The latest time for benching Lich this afternoon is at five minutes past five, which is about as, as early as it gets. Five minutes past five is the latest time for getting our Shabbos together. Don't miss it. Don't rely on being able to use the time afterwards. As I always say, the time after the time prescribed on the Luach as being the time for candle lighting is only absolutely emergency time in really, really desperate situations. We have to regard five past five as the time where all the Shabbos has to be ready. All malacha will cease. No more driving cars. No more heating food. All of it has to be ready by by then. Shkia which is the absolute latest time, even in an emergency situation, is at 5.23. 5.23 is is, uh, is Eshkia. And therefore, if you want to then be able to daven Mayriv at night and not have to repeat the the Shema, all you have to do is wait till 5.41. 5.41 at 19 minutes to 6, you can already... Uh, Davin Mayrev, and then just come home, and boy, you have a lovely, long, Lel Shabbos stretching out in front of you. So much time to have a beautiful meal with your friends and family, to sing something, to, to say some different Torah, to discuss the week, to discuss, hey, what was your Shavuos like? What did you learn? What did you grow? What commitments did you make on, on, on Shavuos? And then there's still plenty of time to go and open a Sefer, go through the Parsha, learn the Rashi on, on the week's head, or whatever else grabs your fancy. Still plenty of time to learn and still be able to go to bed at a reasonable hour and grab at least a croissant of, of, uh, of sleep before getting up on time for Shachris on Shabbos morning. Shabbos of morning, of course, is Shabbos Kodesh Parshas Nosai, and to, which is the longest Parsha, the longest single Parsha of the year. A great deal of it devoted to the Karbonus of the Nesim, which take up a vast part from basically from Hamishi till the end of the Parsha is all that. And a lot of it is repetition. Before that, we have the Parsha of the Nazir and the Pasha of the woman who is accused of being a Saita, and various introductory things, plenty, plenty of stuff to get your teeth into, to sit down and be able to to learn. So tomorrow we have the Pasha's Nasai. It is accompanied by the Haftarah, uh, which is a very famous Haftarah, the story of Shimshain, who uh, it's connected to the Pasha because Shimshain, of course, was a Nazir, and all the laws of Nazir appear in this week's, in this week's uh, uh, Pasha. Shabbos Kodesh then continues. This week we are restarting our Perkyavas, right? By the way, um, it may be confusing. Sometimes you look on websites and you might see things and information in the Torah for Parshas Baha Aleischa. And that is because in Eretz Yisrael, they are one week ahead of us because last Shabbos, which for us, was the second day of Yom Tov, was for them a regular Shabbos, and therefore they lane a normal Pasha. They lane Pasha's Nasai, uh, and therefore this week we'll lane Pasha's Baleska. We are laning only Pasha's Nasai, so we are once again behind the April. We are weak behind them, but don't worry. It's not going to last very long, just about four weeks, because when we get to Pasha's Chukas and Balak, they will read it in Eretz Yisrael on two separate weeks, Chukas one week and then Balak the next. We will read Chukas Balak as one, as a double Pasha on one week. So barely in barely a month's time, we will catch up, and once again, all of Kaisel will be reunited, reading the same, the same, uh, the same Pasha. Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at 5.57, three minutes before six is the official end of Shabbos. Again, you're not required to end Shabbos then. You can carry on Shabbos for much longer. Have a long Shabbos. Do this. Sing deep into the night. Say the Torah. Make it beautiful. Why do we have to always run out of 
out of Shabbos. It's not, it's not, doesn't, it's not so gishmak. Where are we running to? We have such important things to do that we can't linger and hold hands a little bit longer with the Shabbos Malkasa, with the Shabbos Queen and make it, take drag a little bit of Saturday night and make it into Moitzu Shabbos or still make it into continuation of, of, of Shabbos. And even Moitzu Shabbos, let's, you know, Moitzu Shabbos is still a connection to Shabbos with saying goodbye. How many of us sit down on, on Moitzu Shabbos and have a proper Mulava Malka, a proper meal to accompany the Shabbos way, something hot, some hot bread, some, something hot to, to drink, a, a meal dedicated as Mulama, yes, I know we like to run out and, and go out. It's always so interesting to me, by the way. Uh, you find people, oh, child students, I can't eat a thing. Can I get away with just having like a crumb or something? I'm full. And then just a couple hours later, they go out for a full-fledged supper in some restaurant. It's quite interesting. But, but Mulamak is such an important, such an important thing. Let's make Shabbos such a beautiful part of our lives and continue it. Just like we talked about starting Shabbos early. Let it go on a little bit longer. Let it linger in our minds and our consciousness and our actions for a little bit longer before we run off and get back into the swing of, of the week. We are talking about the laws of placing or returning food onto a platter on on Shabbos. And uh, we already learned in, in, in previous, or actually two weeks ago's show when we were together, that if the the food was placed before Shabbos began on a platter, so we brought two opinions, but even according to these stricter opinions, you're allowed to remove the pot from the platter, and to go back and put it back on that same platter. Therefore, if the food again was placed, let's say, on the side of the platter, when in, in, in sort of not on the hot spot, let's say, you're allowed to move it to the center of the platter in order that it should get hotter. Because since it was already placed on the platter, so that's not considered a new placing. And that's obviously with the condition that the food is completely, completely cooked. Because obviously without that, anything you're going to do to raise the level of the, of the, of the food that's being cooked, that's going to cause for it to be cooked quicker and would be an Issa Darasa. We're talking here only about food that is completely cooked. Only then can you then shift it around on the on the uh, on the platter. Similarly, if a person, let's say, had two platters uh, of Shabbos, so you could move the pot uh, from one, the hot pot from one to the other, on condition again that the food is completely, completely cooked. And even if you put, let's say, the the food on a on uh, on a blech on a, just a piece of of, of uh, copper, and now the fire went out underneath it. So if the food is completely cooked, you'd be allowed to move it to another, a second platter, because as long as the food is still hot, right? So it's, it's recognizable that you're putting it on, the, and you put it on a platter on Erev Shabbos, and now you're moving it to another platter, so that is considered chazora, and, and it's completely mutter. Okay, we're gonna go for a break. We'll be back. In a moment, with some final comments. This is 101.9 Haifa, and the program is sold to soul. And this is, unequivocally, the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Hi FM, this is Salt of Soul. We're back on your radio. One last for a few, few more minutes on this Erev Shabbos Kodesh. Parshas Nosoy 5783 on Hi FM on the greatest show in the world of, of the, these, this, uh, Shabbos show that we have Baruch Hashem together. And I, as I always say, thank you so much for, for joining us. So just a few more comments about the concept of putting food on the platter. You know, when we want Let's say to warm up on Erev Shabbos. So let's say you have lots of dishes. You have your, you have, you have some hot fish maybe, and, and a soup, and, and, and a chicken, and, and a kugel, and some hot vegetables. Lots of things that you want to warm up 
on Erev Shabbos. So it's possible to put on the platter, you could have sort of a lower story and, and an upper story. You can make a two-story house on top of your platter. And then on the Shabbos, so let's say you need on on Friday night, you will take the pots that are on the bottom. Those will be the those contain the food. Let's say for Friday night, and then the the food that was on the top level. So now those I'll, I'll need later. Those I can then now now the bottom layer is gone. So now I can put them on the platter on condition that, again, the food is completely, completely cooked. And again, since they, were, they, they weren't directly on the platter, but since they were on a pot that was on the platter, this is not considered then a new placement. Since the, the, the food is hot, it was, it's over Yadzaletas because of the heat of the platter that sort of went through the bottom layer and came to the top layer. So it's, it's considered, it's already been there. And, and, and therefore, it's, you know, when you put it there originally, you intended to then place them directly on the platter. That is, that is fine. You can do that on, on Shabbos. Now, Let's say another example. Let's say you want to warm up, again, a food that's completely, completely cooked. And you have a fire, and that fire is not covered. It's a, it's a sort of a visible fire. So you'll be allowed to take a metal tray or metal, uh, and cover the fire even on Shabbos. And then to place on it, let's say a plate, right? Uh, uh, as 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 we saw before, and then to place on that the food, right? And and even though that the you know the obviously you've changed the 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 way that the flame is now working because now it's it's being it's being covered by placing the uh, a plate placing a metal sheet. Over it, you've changed the formation of the flame. That is not prohibited because the actual fire, the actual act of burning has not changed at, at all. And therefore that is more to do on, uh, on, on, on Shabbos, uh, even though you're now transforming it from being an uncovered flame to being a, a covered, a covered flame. Okay, we're going to stop here for this week and just a moment left to wish you all a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos. Spend time together. Spend time being inspired. Spend time learning Torah, growing and becoming a better and more involved person. And Be'ez Hashem, hopefully Be'ez Hashem will see you again next week and spend some more time together. And now to our entire radio family, a beautiful, warm and inspiring good Shabbos.